Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. All right, Brendan Escott, Cam Moon with you this afternoon. Awaiting word from the Department of Player Safety for a slash last night. Alex Petrangelo going Paul Bunyan on Leon Dreisaitl, who spoke about it today. Really dangerous, uh, dangerous slash, you know. Um, I think those are things that have nothing to do with hockey or the game. Um, you know, you can seriously, seriously injure someone with, with a slash like that, and um, yeah, I'm sure the league will, will take a look at it. It's not in my hands, no. I'm going to continue to play hard. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything stupid about it. Um, I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to continue to play hard and uh, finish my checks and, and, and be physical, but um, you know, I've, I've moved on. There you go. And in fact, last night, he was seen on the bench saying, uh, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, Koski, don't do anything. I'm good. Leave it. Everybody, keep your head cool. We've got a victory here. Let's just move on. Uh, However, to me, if he's sitting there with two broken wrists, then we don't get to see that visual. Things are a lot different today. I know that that's not the case, but how should this be handled by the Department of Player Safety? Well, for a much more informed opinion than mine, we bring aboard Elliot Friedman, a special Thursday appearance by Elliot for our friends at Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca, and I know Elliot jumped at the chance to get out of talking to Bob and get into talking to Cam and I. How's it going today? Yeah, I don't know if I would call myself a much more knowledgeable voice or anything like that either. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this goes. Okay, well, uh, we're in Edmonton, so it's kind of hard to take emotion out of what I saw in the yeah. building last night. Cam is a lot yep. better at that than I am. Most pragmatic individual I've been around. But, Elliot, <laughs> from your perspective, um, is this mm-hmm. deserving of a suspension, a fine? Where, where, where do you see, now that you've had some time to process it? You're talking about Petrangelo? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, there's no question in my mind it deserves a suspension. Like, I I didn't think that, you know, like, the emotions are really high after last night. And I know sometimes what player safety likes to do is, is especially if something happens, like, late, late at night, they like to, look, let's just think, sleep on it and make our final decision in the morning. And I always am careful about that. But there was no question in my mind. Like, that's that's a suspension. And I, I think there's two things that really save Petrangelo here. Number one, he's got no history. And number two, Dreisaitl wasn't injured, as you talked about. And some people don't like hearing that. They think you should penalize the act, not the outcome. But that's not the way the world works. Like, there are greater punishments in life if you injure something, if you do something stupid or commit a criminal act, than if you don't. So I think, you know... I, I think the fact that he's got no history and and there's no injury, at least that we know of, it 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 saves him. But I still think it's deserving of a suspension. Now I had some people who were, and now that we've had a hearing, it is extremely, extremely rare that you have a hearing and no suspension. I think it's only happened twice that I can remember, and this is not one of those situations. Those were. Um, 
much, much more borderline than this one was. Now, I, I think this, I, I think, you know, I, there's, there's obviously a complicating factor here, and that's nurse. Um, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things here. The easy thing to do, as a couple of managers were telling me yesterday, the easy thing to do is to say, okay, uh, no nurse and no Petrangelo in game five, and now the two teams have to deal with that. But I think there's also a, a school of thought that, you know, are those acts equal? Um, you know, and I do agree with this. I think that, um, you know, what Petrangelo, if Petrangelo and Nurse get the same suspension, is that, are those players, should they be penalized equally? Although Nurse did commit something that's right there in the rule book. I think the biggest challenge they're going to have with this one, guys, is that a one game suspension in the playoffs is not considered the same as a one-game suspension in the regular season. Like, if you've ever heard Berkey talk about this stuff, he always talks about there is a multiplier. Like, he would say one game in the first round is two games in the regular season. So, somebody, so for example, like, Bunting got suspended three games in the first round. To Berkey, that's a six-game suspension. And, you know, now I, I, I think, it, you know, that's if Petrangelo gets – two games say that's a that's a massive massive suspension it's not necessarily undeserved but it's a massive massive suspension and you know sometimes i think people do get wary of it yeah i i wouldn't be surprised though if if he gets the two elliot given where that slash started from and where it ended you know I, like I, I don't like i don't like to uh, like I don't like to uh, guess with these kinds of things. I just like to try to figure out what the process is they're going with. Um, you know, uh, and I and you know, I, you, you try to get in their heads and you try to think about what they're doing. Um, you know, I I I think I really do think that the idea that both of them get one is probably something they're considering. But I also think that they're looking at the two actions and saying, are those the same? And so, you know, I think they're considering that too. So, you know, they've got a, obviously they've got a big decision to make here. Uh, stepping away from that, I was listening to a lot of uh, talk about how Edmonton can't win games where Drysidle and McDavid don't score. And last night was mm -hmm. an example that when the, the machine is running as well-oiled as it can, in fact, that's not true. Bukestad opens the scoring. Evan Bouchard yep. supplements, you know, so they were getting it. And even Ekholm with a, a boosh bomb, so to speak, of his own. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they do have other resources, and they aren't ever-present, but certainly that was one way they were able to sort of take control in the game last night and by virtue of it uh, uh, remain in this series now tied 2-2. Well, I mean, I'm still waiting for a game where both teams show up at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so are that, we. That, 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 I think that's what, like, we're sitting here game one, Vegas, game two, Edmonton, game three, Vegas, game four, Edmonton. And, uh, I mean, that was a, like, there were a couple things that were really great for the Oilers last night. As you said, they won without... McDavid and Dreisaitl lighting up the scoreboard. Um, you know, Skinner was, you know, he was solid last night. I, I really think that, like, the other night in game three, I thought the biggest swing in the game was early when Brassois was still playing and 
Dreisaitl hit the post, and then and then he made a great save off Dreisaitl, and then he made a couple more. Like, I think if Edmonton scores on one or two of those chances early in that game in Game 3, the roof is off Rodgers, and, 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 the, and the Oilers are blowing them out. But Bressois kept them in, and then Hill did later. I thought last night um, when it was 2 nothing, and Stone had that great chance in front of the net, and Skinner stopped them, and they go down the ice, and Nackholm scores. To me, that was the biggest swing moment of the game. It's the difference between 2-1 and Vegas is coming and 3 nothing. And, you know, so I think there were a lot of things that happened last night that, um, you know, that, that were, were great for the Oilers. And it's 2-2. You, you've got to feel confident even though you don't have home ice advantage. I mean, it's a great series. I mean, it's a nasty series. There are no choir boys on the ice in this series. And, um, you know, I, I think that's the other thing that, that the league and, and DOPS take a look. I think they recognize while it's passionate, they probably have to turn down the temperature a little bit. And uh, but like there's like like I think this I just think if Skinner keeps you guys in the games and it's a lot of pressure to put on someone. I don't have any problem with your chances. I still think this is a, uh, a, like, this to me is a Stanley Cup final in the second round of the playoffs. It's a shame one of these two teams has to go out, and I don't think you guys are in a bad spot at all. I thought, Elliot, that uh, over the course of the game, that line of uh, McLeod, Fogle, and Ryan uh, Mm -hmm. had a lot of zone time in the Vegas end and just continued to, to pressure. I mean, the smarts of of Derek Ryan and yeah. somehow Warren Fogley keeps firing it towards the net and he needs one to drop in for him, but it hasn't been from lack of effort. What'd you think of that line last night? Well, I think Fogle has been one of the pleasant surprises of your postseason. Like <clears throat> to me, Derek Ryan, he's no surprise. I mean, you, you guys know what he's capable of. He's a really smart player. He's a really intelligent guy. You know what kind of effort you're going to get for him every night. McLeod, I think, has taken a massive step this year. and But Fogle is the guy to me. Like You'll remember there was a time this year where I was on your show and you guys were asking me, is Fogle going on waivers? Like This was a guy who, for a time there, you know, we didn't know that he was going to be an oiler at this time of the season. And so... I think that's been huge. I, I think that line's been really good. You you need that. as much as you need goaltending and stars in the playoffs. Your stars to be at their best. You need depth, and this line has given them depth. I'm not surprised with Ryan. I think McLeod proved this year he was trending in this direction, um, and Fogle I think is the guy who's really elevated his game. We were talking off air, Elliot, and, and then a little bit on air as well. As far as the the whole notion of no, no, there hasn't been two good teams on the same ice surface here in the second round yet. Is that true? Maybe of other series, not just this one. Yeah, you know, I I think what happens is, and this is just my theory. I'm not. Um, I wouldn't uh, sell it as a, as as truth, but this is my theory. I think that the first round is, uh, is you know, you make the playoffs, you take a deep breath, you kind of recharge and get rejuvenated. And the first round is incredible. It was incredible again this year. And the teams that win the first round, it's like, oh, my goodness, we just went through a huge fight, and now we got to do it again. Like, now you realize you've only done one of four. 
And I think that adrenaline wears off, and now it's about who can grind their way through. Now the grind really begins. And I think some teams separate from others. And I think the other thing that happens, um, you know, Barry Trotz gave an interview in Nashville where he talked about the teams gamble a lot more and the way the game is played has changed so much that you take more chances when you're down. I also think there's something to in series, not later in series, but early in series. If, if you're if you're in control or it's still early, like sometimes teams go down by a big margin and they're like, this is not our night. We'll come back next game. And I think that happens a little more, not later in series. You can't have that now, but I think earlier in series it does. Like, you know, that Toronto game last night, that was a tight, tight, tight game. There was one high danger chance in the first period for either team. Um, but, um, you know, New Jersey, I think they're a bit of they gamble, good and bad. It's who they are. And I think that sometimes leads to lopsided scores both way. That's just their identity. Um, and I think also, I think it's really hard to match the drama of the first round. Like, that first round was incredible. We had four game sixes, three game sevens. I mean, we haven't had a sweep yet in the playoffs through two rounds. That's, I think that's pretty unusual. Um, and I just think it's hard to keep that energy up all the time. That's fair. The first round is a wonderful thing, too, isn't it, Elliot? Yeah, like it is. Yeah. Hockey every night, multiple games. You can you can really you can really pit in. <laughs> you know, you can really yeah. get invested with a couple of series. What do you expect tonight, Elliot, with the the games on tap? Uh, well, I think tonight. Um, I think I, I'm curious to see what New Jersey shows up with. Uh, in goal, uh, uh, like, uh, like I think Carolina is really good. I, I, like I think Carolina is the high IQ team of the NHL. I think, like everybody else, I was guilty of underestimating them. You look at who's not there as opposed to who's there right now, and you know you think they're done. I think they play really smart, and I think they, of all the teams left in the playoffs, I think they they have the best defensive core, and. You know, for that reason, I, I think they're a real a, a real threat. I, I think it's going to take an enormous effort from the Devils to extend this series. Um, uh, I, I just I, I just think they're so disciplined and so good. You know, the other one, Seattle, Dallas. I saw all of Dallas's injured guys skated this morning. Um, you know, Peter DeBoer wasn't tipping his hand, but they all skated. Um, like to me, that series is all about Ottinger. If he's sorted himself out, I think Dallas is fine. If he hasn't sorted himself out, they're in trouble. Well, let's stick with the goaltending theme and chat briefly about uh, Toronto and obviously salvaging that series and, and keeping themselves alive with a big win last night as well with Joseph Wall in net. And, and so, I, I mean, another interesting theme of the playoffs has kind of been the wild card goaltender when you think about Akira Schmid and what Carolina's got going on as well. Um, but give me a rip on, on Toronto and, and uh, I guess what the pulse of the city is like. We're going to go a little bit further in that later in the show, but what what is your take on things after a win in what was otherwise a pretty bleak-looking situation? Well, they're not as angry as they were yesterday. I will say that. The fan base here has calmed down a little bit. Um, but I don't think anybody feels too much better if 
you know, they they win game four yesterday and they lose game five tomorrow. So I, I you know, I, it's a home game, and I, I think these fans, uh, you know, they're they're expecting. Uh, like I thought they played really hard last night, and I thought they really protected Wall. They made it very difficult for Florida to get through them, which is what they had to do. And I thought they did a great job of it, and it's one of the reasons they won. Um, the other way around, though, um, you know, Wall is a really talented kid. They just signed him to a three-year contract at like 800k a year, and he's going to play here. Like they, at the deadline when they were going through their injuries and in goal, there was a question about, you know, do we need another goalie? And their answer basically was, we believe in this kid. And it would have to be a great deal at a low price for us to go get someone. And all of a sudden, here we are, five games into the second round. He's the guy who's won once. I was really impressed with him last night. He seems really calm. I was actually really impressed with him when he came in in relief in game three. Like, he, like some of the chances he had to face, like Duclair had two breakaways, scored on one. You saw how on the overtime, one goal was like an ass goal, and the other one, like Reinhardt skated for the entire team and scored. Um, I think this kid's pretty talented. I don't know if he's ready for this, but he didn't. he hasn't done anything in his last two performances that have made me say he's incapable of handling it. I think the thing that gets really interesting right now for – for Florida is Bobrovsky is a guy they have talked about it when he plays eight nine games in a row it's very hard on him he's not he's a talented guy and he's but he's not a big guy and it's not unusual for him apparently to lose 10 pounds in a game so he's he really has a very strict anti-dehydration proper nutrition recovery routine and the thing that helped Florida was they had two days off between game two and three. They had two days off between game three and four. Now we're on every other day. And he's now played seven games in a row. So I think the only thing I'd be a little nervous about if I was Florida is, do you get to the point where, you, where Bobrovsky starts to really feel it? And Because I know historically that's something they've looked at. Elliot, really appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the action tonight and through the rest of the week. Yeah, I think we'll know tonight. I don't think they're going to make these two teams wait until tomorrow to hear about what uh, is going to happen with their rulings. So I think we're going to go to know tonight. I think Petrangelo gets suspended for sure. We'll see what the number is and we'll see what they do with Nurse. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Elliot. Take care. All right, take care. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. He's brought to you each week by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. Reminder that some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altoff that Oilers now sent you. Quick time out here. Back with some of your text messages. 780-496-0063. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Oh, we're loving the names going right now in the WHL draft, the Bantam draft, in fact, going. As we speak, the Oil Kings, with a few picks already through, didn't have the second overall pick that they owned, or was it the first? No, it was second this year, right, Cam? Yes. Yeah, they, ha- yeah, they did have a first. Sorry, I didn't have that. They... 
The first was um, that was acquired as well. Okay. Yeah. So well, you know how it goes. Regardless, yeah. they got a couple players, and you know who's coming up to tell you all about them. The man who orchestrated the whole situation, or at least in part, uh, Oil Kings General Manager Kurt Hill, coming up after your headlines here. Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It was nice to see Derek Ryan back in the lineup, obviously, after illness. I think he just missed the one game. Uh, Matthias Janmark back into the fold last night out there on the penalty kill. He was noticeable in that regard, a shot block there. Uh, how many minutes? Did he end up playing Janmark as I scan my sheet quickly? Uh, 12 minutes. So, you know, a pretty introductory game back coming off of that concussion. Or, I, sorry, that's my assumption. Upper body injury, but gee whiz, he whacked his head hard. So there you go. That is your Oilers Now injury report. Uh, main story there, they've got a pretty clean bill of health. Let's not jinx it. Okay, Randy's got the headlines here. Global news, weather traffic update on the other side. We'll tell you all about these Bantam draft picks by Kurt Hill.